welcome to ITB Berlin's Travel Hero podcast and especially welcome to today's guest, Rohit Talwar, CEO and founder of Fast Future. Thank you for having me, Ashala, and delighted to have the opportunity to talk with you. We are indeed lucky enough that you will open the diversity and equality track at the convention this year. And I would love to know what global shifts could have the biggest impact on diversity and inclusivity in the travel sector over the next couple of years, in your opinion. Well, firstly, there's economic volatility and uncertainty. Uh, and what we know from history is that people often cut back on their spending on the training and programs around these kinds of things. So we've got to make sure that we don't do that for a number of reasons that I'll outline uh, related to the other big shifts. The second, I think, is that uh, the number of groups who might consider themselves excluded is growing as people start to provide clearer and clearer boundaries around who they are in terms of their sexuality, in terms of their ethnicity, their race, uh, their personal traits. We're seeing more and more groups say, no, I'm excluded because you're not taking us into account. So we have to become more and more sensitive to that, more and more aware of that, which puts even more pressure on making sure we've got the budgets allocated. The third is artificial intelligence. And we already know there's a rapid and growing adoption of AI in the travel sector. And the risk is always that we have bias built into those systems because of who's developed them and the way we've trained them. So it becomes even more important to make sure that we're considering all of the different types of bias that can be there and trying to eliminate that to ensure we have a truly inclusive offering delivered by AI. And then the fourth, to me, that is becoming ever more apparent is how we deal with global tensions. We see around the world a number of hotspots where there are either wars being fought or growing tensions. And this year, we're also going to see 60 elections in different countries, which we know can add to tensions. That puts a pressure on us to make sure that our staff are ever more sensitive and ever more aware to the potential for issues to emerge. So whether it's having different groups on a flight who are opposed to each other, it might be that passengers on a flight take exception to who's serving them because they're of a different religion or a different uh, um, political background or they're on the opposing side to them in a conflict, uh, get in a hotel, what do we do about having guests from all of these different uh, potential conflicting parties in our same hotel and then potentially taking exception to who the staff are. So we are going to need to be ever more aware of what these tensions are, what that means in terms of the way we might handle that and how we prepare our staff to be able to handle that on the front line where there's not a manager or a website available to tell you what to do. Uh, you've got to deal with it in that moment. And I think that's going to be really important to make sure that we can handle growing diversity in all forms and also treat everyone as an equal and make them feel like they're included in our service offering rather than being excluded because of who they are or because of some conflict that their country might be involved in.
That's absolutely fascinating. It makes me think of so many, so many aspects of where we're going currently in the world and also in, indeed, you know, how we can possibly best really support our staff. It's not a conversation that is had a lot, really, I feel. Um, I know uh, when you are talking uh, on your keynote, I know you'll dive into this a little bit more and of the utmost importance, of course. I also know that you have an interesting take on the role of technology in helping to address issues around uh, inclusivity, but can it really make a difference and, and how? Well, if we take something like air travel, there's just over a billion individuals today that travel. Uh, even with our best ambitions, I don't think we're going to get beyond two billion in the next five to ten years. And maybe slightly more than that will be traveling uh, by other means and visiting hotels and destinations. But that still means that there's upwards of 60 to 70 percent of the population that will never travel. And the question is, do we just ignore them? Or if we're being inclusive, how do we create propositions that reach them uh, using technology? from simpler websites where you can just visit a destination and see what's on offer and learn about the places through to things like augmented and virtual reality that allow us to have an enriched experience when we're looking to, at that uh, destination through to full uh, immersive experiences in virtual reality where we're creating multi-sensory opportunities for you to experience a destination. Uh, we're seeing technologies being developed now that will enable us to feel, to smell, to taste, to have a full multi-sensory experience. And it may be that because of financial issues or because of environmental considerations or concerns over security, people might not travel. So if we can have a full multi-sensory experience of a destination, we're suddenly being included. And it could be that I could never get to the Galapagos uh, for whatever reason, but I could experience that through someone else who is there. I can experience the sights, the sounds, but also the taste of the food, the feel of the wind uh, in my hair, the sun on my skin. And even if I'm allowed to, to touch a turtle, what does that feel like? Uh, and to be able to bring those people in for a tiny amount of money, we'll be able to create those experiences for a few dollars. But that would open up the potential to serve the vast majority of the planet. Today, we know that over half the planet earns less than $7 a day. But if we can give them an experience where they can go into a center, put on a headset, and spend a little bit of that week's money to entertain themselves at two or three dollars to have that kind of experience. How much would we enrich their lives? How much would we make them feel more included in what's going on in the world, even if they might never physically be able to get there? It's just fascinating. I could, well, I know we're going to hear lots more about this as well when you when you do your keynote. So I have to keep referring to that. Um, Total Recall rings a bell somewhere. I remember watching that film many years ago, and as some of our audience here might do as well. Um, I think what's important to uh, remember, of course, is that there's a big privilege around travel as we know it at the moment. And indeed, technology can be the, 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 the tool that, that, that sort of gaps that and, and gets, it, gets it actually, get lots of people to enjoy it more broadly. Um, 
I hope that you will also talk to us a little bit about what leadership capabilities uh, become critical to help the sector navigate increasing uncertainty and, and this rapid change that you have already mentioned that's, that's going on worldwide. Well, the pace of change is undoubtedly accelerating. Where, whether it's the economic and geopolitical uncertainty we're talking about or the impact of technologies such as AI or the emergence of new travel propositions from what the experience is through to how we pay for it. The challenge for leaders is how do we keep up with this? We can't possibly uh, stay up to date with everything, but we can get paralyzed by so much coming at us and not know where to start. And for me, the first thing is that learning is the antidote to fear and confusion. And so we have to start consciously building into our days dedicated time to learning. That might include learning about what's going on in the world around us so we're up to date on what the issues are and what the developments are, learning about new propositions coming through in travel, and learning about the technology such as AI that are emerging and how they can improve both our own personal productivity and the performance of our business. And so what we're encouraging our clients to do and the leaders we work with is to allocate 15 to 20 to 30 minutes each day to watching videos, to reading small bits of information, to podcasts, and actually using the, the tools, the large language models like ChatGPT and Claude to say, give me a two-minute summary of this or create me a video of the top five issues in this area. And then giving themselves permission to go on and, and spend a few minutes using these different tools to see how they can improve our productivity. What we find is that people will say an awful lot about the value of these tools without ever experiencing them. But once they get them signed in over two, you know, two minutes to get them signed in, it's like crack. They don't want to leave it alone. They, they suddenly realize that there are so many things that they agonize over that now they can just ask a question. They don't even have to work out how to frame a Google search. They just ask the question, they get information back, they can refine it, and suddenly they're getting into the ability to write business plans, analyze competitors, even write code, just sat there at a desktop, which is mind-blowing. And so it's giving that time to all those different aspects of learning through whatever means of learning works best for us, whether it's audio, video, text, so that we are constantly keeping our brains fresh, being aware. And if someone brings us an idea or an issue, within a few minutes, we can bring ourselves up to speed on the general concept in order to have meaningful conversation. And that, I think, changes the way we manage. The second is that when we decide to do something, uh, it can take a while to do it, or we can get lots of different interpretations about what we're trying to do. And generally, projects go wrong in the first meeting because we don't come out with a clear problem statement, we don't come out with a clear goal, and we don't have a clear process for how we're doing it. So what we're finding is by teaching the key people some innovation tools and processes, we're creating a common language for how we're going to tackle different problems. And we all agree up front what steps we're going to take, what tools we're going to use to understand the opportunity or the client need or, or the customer need uh, or what the solution could look like. 
and then agree the steps we're going to take to get there. It can speed things up. It can bring out all the different perspectives and it can help us deal with issues much faster. The third is making sure we're doing a little bit of forward thinking. So whatever we're doing, we're saying, well, what are our assumptions about what might be happening in the world around us as we're launching this new proposition or starting this new project? And making sure that looking ahead and thinking ahead so that what we're doing is future-proofed. And the fourth is that willingness to do transformational thinking, that willingness to stand back and say, well, before we do this, let's just ask the question, what if we were starting again? Will we still have this process? Will we still have this offering? Would we still do things the way we were doing? Or would we do it fundamentally differently because the technology enables us to do that? But also, would we do fundamentally different things because the technology allows us to do them? So those four things, learning, innovation, foresight, and transformational thinking, for us are the new kind of core of leadership in an uncertain world. I love it. I can't wait to hear more from you. It's all we've got time for now, Rohit. It's, uh, oh, what can I say? Thank you very, very much for joining us today. My pleasure. We look forward to your keynote on Tuesday, the 5th of March on the diversity track in Hall 3.1 on the green stage at 10.30. Don't miss it, folks. Lots and lots more insights from Rohit on that day. See you in Berlin. And thanks again, Rohit. My pleasure. 